You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast with Angie Cho, episode 43, Clutter and Five Elements with Catherine Metz, part two. Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So in this episode, this is part two of our interview with Catherine Metz. And um, I'll read her bio again. So Catherine Metz is one of my feng shui mentors, and she's a feng shui practitioner, teacher, and mentor, and was introduced to the art of feng shui by Abraham Kauai, a Hawaiian kahuna. She then studied for 25 years with His Holiness Grandmaster Professor Linyan Rinpoche. Catherine altogether has 33 years of experience, and her extensive um, teachings are chronicled um, in her practitioner's library, and she shares her knowledge with us in her membership site, Feng Shui Storyboard. So if you're interested in that, you can check out our website, uh, www.holisticspaces.com slash podcast, and there's more information on how to find Catherine and links to her website. Hopefully you caught the last episode. If you haven't, be sure to download it. It's uh, episode 42, where it's the first half of this episode where Catherine discusses clutter and the five elements. And this episode, we're going to finish up and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming back to finish our discussion on the five elements and clutter. I'm really enjoying the five elements. They're one of my favorite um, topics to talk about. So I just really want to thank you for your interest in this topic and your ability to put it out there for folks. So thank you so much for all that effort on your part. You're welcome. Um, Before we start, I also wanted to um, share with the listeners if... uh, so. We've been the last episode. We talked about the first two elements. Well, we talked first about clutter, and then um, the, how clutter is bigger than any one system, and um, that uh, there's a different approach to clutter than you might think, and how we we look at it now and in our popular culture. And then we looked specifically at metal and water. And then in this episode, we're going to go through the last three elements, which is wood, fire, and then we'll end with earth. But, um, you know, in when in talking about each element, Catherine does talk about each element type. But we also have some previous podcast episodes that you guys can tune into where we talk about each of the elements. So you can maybe determine which element you... Um, which elements you embody. Cause it's not just one. We we're not just one type of person. We have a little bit of all of them, all the elements, but there are more, uh, there may be more that are dominant in our personalities and maybe, um, Catherine can also talk more about that as she goes through. So Catherine, do you want to continue with, we left off, um, or we left off with water. So now we're moving on to wood, right? Right. Exactly. And um, 
I know you and I are both familiar with the wood element because we're entrepreneurs, and um, that's very common for this wood um, type um, um, because the wood element just in general loves adventure and loves to take action and loves work and working hard and is bold and decisive and performs really well under um, pressure and seeks a challenge and pushes to the limit. So that's sort of an overall idea of this wood element. It's like the the um, little piece of greenery coming up through the crack in the sidewalk. It's strong and it's bold and it's telling you that it's there. Um, and folks who have a strong wood element um, are strongly independent. So working with them around clutter is going to be interesting because you're going to have to really honor their independence, and now um, you're trying to give them advice, so they may want to go off on their own way. So that's just the first thing to say about this, but they have trouble with any kind of authority, so to come with that metal authority <laughs> about criticizing their clutter is not such a good idea. Um, they don't want to submit very often, so to submit to your will is not going to be very helpful. Um, their, their challenge... Um, how can I describe this? They're always in sort of a bit of a, a crisis mode, um, sort of an uncontrollable impulse. Um, they want to be doing things, but they're sort of subject to the uh, impulse, and it's, it's often uncontrollable. And they like to make rules, but they like to break rules. So if you give them a rule, they're very likely to break it. Um, they sort of feel invincible, and but they and they can feel um, very intolerant and impatient and volatile. So you have a lot to work with when you're dealing with the mess of a wood personality, and their um, mess is sort of because they're overcommitted to their interests, and they usually have many interests, and they're usually very adventuresome. So their mess might look like lots of sports equipment everywhere. It might look like, again, like a lot of books on, on, on uh, projects that they're working on. It might be piles that define um, every project they're working on, but often very unfinished because they love to move on to the next thing. And so they sort of leave this um, uh, how do I say, mess behind them for other people to clean up. Mm-hmm. It's just very common, <laughs> right? Um and they don't want to be confined to being in that place of stopping long enough to clean it up. They're often going to ask someone else to do it for them because they don't want to feel powerless. And when they're, they want to be moving on and that's their power. So they don't want to be dependent on, um, they want to sort of depend on other people to help them and to do it for them. And, in that place of feeling helpless when there gets to be too much clutter, they sort of disintegrate. And what that looks like for the wood person is humiliation, feeling disabled, becoming indecisive, scattered, and distracted. So you might find yourself with someone not, you know, just running too fast. They give you five minutes of their time and then they're gone and they're distracted by something else and they're on the phone and they're picking up the next book and they're, you know, giving a text to somebody and, um, it's kind of all over the place. So you have to bring all your elements to deal with that. But you also might find a person who has already disintegrated 
and is humiliated by all of this and totally disabled by all of this. And I think one of the best things that we can offer them is our insight into the fact that there is a seed of an idea in each and every pile that's in their house. There's a project that needs to be followed through on. There's um, So if they hire someone, then we shouldn't just be willy-nilly throwing away those things. We should be asking an associate or an affiliate of theirs uh, to be looking through that material to find out what the seed is in that pile and finding that and saving that so that the person who follows up on the project that they began can work from that seed, which is the idea that they want to put into the world. Mm. So it's it, that's really important for us to remember about them, that there's an important piece. It's a little bit like water, but this is more that one seed that someone else will follow up on. So, so we have to even suggest to these people that they create a team that's full of all the five elements um, who can really begin to see all of this, can begin to recognize the seed, and then act upon it, bring clarity to it, and uh, refine it like the metal person would do, drop it into the abyss of water who says, gosh, you know, I have some ideas about uh, the final product, and then getting another wood person to bring it back up and out. So that whole team is important here too, but it's in a different way. We don't want our wood person to um, stay occupied with a vengeance all the time, but they do, and it's hard to get them out of that. But if we can allow them to see that they can work with this with the team, mm-hmm. it's, it's very helpful. And they can also see if maybe that seed of the project that project isn't relevant anymore either, and then like then let go of it or pass exactly. It on. And then it yes, and then it's much more it's much easier to let go of that pile of stuff, right? Yes, yes. And um, I just wanted to remind everybody to hear that. You know, we have lots of um, cures from Professor Lin um, for all of these different things, like when someone's humiliated or disabled. We have, you know, Sunshine Buddha meditation that can really help. Or we have cures for distracted chi. If someone's, you know, totally distracted all the time and their wood is just out of control, um, we have a cure that, that deals with that. So for someone to tap into more of the Black Sect teachings can be really helpful to learn more about how to deal with what you find right in front of you on that day. Yes, and I'll, I'm going to um, have links to, you can, so Catherine is one of my teachers, and you'll, I'll have links on the website to her, um, where you can download her teachings, her practitioner library, and also the Feng Shui Storyboard, which, which is... Um, where it's a platform in which she teaches feng shui as well. And I'm a member of that storyboard and, and also you can work with Catherine personally as well, but, um, but there's so much there and, and, and um, they're not so easy to share over a public forum where it's more general, but they're, they're um, much more relevant one-on-one when you need them. Yeah. And an easy one too, if you do have that sun, moon mirror, is just to put a green edge around that sun, moon mirror, like a green ribbon or a green nail polish, and, and just slide that between the mattresses in your bed, um, you know, in the family gua. And that's an easy one mm-hmm. if for, you have that mirror. And green for is wood, for wood. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's an easy one. Um, okay, so on to fire. Fire, yes. Fire, yeah. <laughs> um, 
in general, fi- the fire element is all about excitement and intimacy and intuition and empathy, um, very charismatic, um, hot and bright and vibrant and full of chemistry and um, merging with other people, um, understanding what other people experience and very sentimental. And what I find about uh, clutter for a fire person is that they usually have to do with collections, favorite things. Angie, you were talking earlier when we were speaking about um, things that your mother gave you, right? Or someone's mother gave them. Mm -hmm. And that's a very sentimental piece. And you might have a whole collection of statuary that your mother gave you. And you can't walk into someone's house and (laughs) just think that that's clutter. Um, It has a a sentimental value to it. And we have to really honor that about the the clutter of a fire person. They're sort of... um, Automatic clutter makers, um, they sort of, um, they kind of can't, can't move without making a mess. <laughs> you know, they're like <laughs> the sparks of fire, you know, that mess is just kind of happening behind them <laughs> all the time. Um, but often it's very, uh, it's very sentimental and we have to just pay attention. Um, they want to be exposed. They love to perform. So that's part of their MO. So they may, you may walk into their house and they may be just performing for you about all of these things and the sentiment behind them. And so you have to sort of, you know, work with that. Um, but they, they live in the moment. Right? They live in that, that fiery moment of that moment of being charismatic, of charismatic of making people laugh, of of seeing, um, finding an insight and letting someone know their insight. That moment is very important. But on the other side of that, they sort of dread the future. So to begin to talk to a fire person about the future and what it's going to be like when they get rid of this stuff, or they move it to another room, or they build on an addition for all their cars, or whatever it is. Um, they often cannot see what it will be like if it's fixed. And that's mm-hmm. where we can get stuck. Because they dread looking into the future. They're all about now. Um, they don't really... Um, they may not get the gravity of the situation if this sentimental clutter or other kinds of clutter have taken over the entire house and the family can't uh, operate anymore because there's no room left. Um, they may not get it. Um, and in addition to that, they really have an aversion to boredom and the pain of cleaning up all that stuff is sort of boring to them. Um, and on the other side of that though, their great fear is to be cut off from other people. And when they're, and when it becomes hoarding, you're really cut off from other people. And the problem we face working with them is it's not exciting for them to be doing this work, and they may be overwhelmed by the intensity and the feeling that comes with thinking about um, what it's going to be like in the future if they are removing some of these things. And they might become very suspicious of you um, because they may feel like they're losing a, a true sense of their their own identity. They may become very half-hearted about the project, even lifeless and desperate, and then in the end burned out. And so I think one of the things that we have to do when we're working in that kind of situation 
is to begin the entire process with a ceremony because the fire personality is very much into decorum and ceremony and it might be a great place to start and we have many to choose from. Um, I think one of them that I was thinking about as I was thinking about this was the, um, gosh, what was that one that I was thinking about? We have so many of them. Oh, I know. The method of changing the chi and transforming the fortunes for individuals and residences. It's one of our um, meditations for changing the chi of the house. And I think that can be very helpful. And they're all, and all different traditions have different ceremonies. So whatever your tradition is, I think a ceremony is a great place to, to start. And I think the celebration here is that most of this stuff comes from the heart and it's very heartfelt and we can use their insight to help us understand what we need to keep and what we need to help them get rid of and they are very intuitive so they have this system to this internal system to really intuit what will work best for them and I think we have to honor that because they can recognize their own patterns and they can devise some really creative strategies. So listen for that creativity in terms of the strategies that they have. Um, very important to pick up on those. Maybe their, their aunt loves their owls and so that collection can go to a place in their aunt's house that we might not know about. I think we have to listen for those creative impulses from our fire personalities. Um, and they do really know how to arrange things in a way that are beautiful and original. Um, so we need to listen for their ideas. They are very good at it. And so it doesn't all need to come from us, but we need to come with our own fire to know what is needed um, in those moments uh, that someone's allowing us to see their insight. We need to come with our own fire, our sense of um, fun, our sense of insight, our sense of playfulness. Um, we, we really need to bring that. We need to match their fire with our own fire and see into that moment of clarity what needs to be done. We have to be very present in the moment every single time with the fire person. Very important. I love the idea of starting with, like you mentioned, starting with a ritual to, um, well, because it is, it does tap into the heart really. And, and, um, it makes it much more, um, like makes it much more connected to the heart when you tap into that and you, you tap into this invisible realm, right? Yes. Yes. And it will bring back, um, it will bring back the fire that's desperate and burned out, and it will also um, intensify the fire that um, the excitement of the fire. So either way, you know, if, if there's too much or too little fire, um, a, the right ceremony will help uh, both of them. Yeah, and even so, if you don't know a ceremony, you could even maybe just create a dedication and an intention as to what um what what you want to create exactly i was thinking um you know all the everything's um, becoming very green here now and the leaves are just bursting out of the trees and i have a special tree here that i call professor's tree because we have divinations where we take a leaf from a tree and um the leaves are just sprouting on that tree so for me a ceremony would just be to go sit under that tree and welcome all the leaves 
you know, to get some insight into this question of what's going on and what do we need to do first. Mm-hmm. So for me, that might be a ceremony. So I think everyone has something like that. Yes. Okay, should we move on to last but not least, Earth? Earth, yes. <laughs> Earth is a really um, interesting one because it, the reason I started to think about this whole topic of the five elements was all those Earth people sitting in the back of the room crying, not understanding the language of metal, right? So the overview of a metal person is a person who sustains relationships and connections and stability and serenity and really puts people at ease and is full of sympathy and caring and um, they love harmony and they love loyalty and they love predictability and they love to link and nurture and sustain. Um, What they need is self-reliance because they're always trying to do things in groups and so very often when they're alone they can't pull it together for themselves. So they need not just to build community but to build their own self-reliance. and they have a great attachment to their home, so you have to be very careful when you're in their home to um, understand their clutter and to understand this attachment that they have so that you don't walk across any boundaries, which is very easy to do when we're talking about clutter. Um, they really want to be interdependent, so your work with them could come quite easily, and they might greet you in their kitchen with a pot of tea and cookies and make you very comfortable. Um But they have a real fear of being separate, and we all know that hoarders can become very separate from other people, and they have a fear of emptiness, so they tend to fill things up. So they want to be be, um, full, but um, they can get very stuck because they then feel weighed down, overstuffed and overwhelmed. Um, The... I think the challenge here is that they they sort of seek this emptiness at their core, um, but they fear that there's going to be nothing left if you take all these things away. They're not going to be able to help people with the right kind of bath towel and the right kind of tea and and the extra umbrella in case it's raining when the guest leaves the house. Um, They're very careful to take care of all of us, and without them, we'd be so much less comfortable. Um, And... They often want things to stay exactly the same, that stability of things being the same. And so you run into that when you start working with someone who could really um, you, uh, benefit from getting rid of things. Um, so these folks are so concerned with everybody else that they tend to lose themselves in the details of other people's lives. And that's what the clutter looks like, all these things I've been talking about, the things that will um, help comfort everyone else. Um, yeah, sometimes that they're at the expense of the earth person. Yeah, yeah, they give themselves away, right? They please others. And that can turn into manipulation, like giving advice that's unwanted, right? And just getting mm-hmm. so involved. And we see this often in floor plans where people draw in every detail and it's all around the edges and they have a big hallway in the middle that's five times bigger than it really is in the house. There's this big empty center because they're not taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and their fear is to be lost. And when they have so much clutter, they are lost. They're lost in their own clutter and no one's coming to save them. And that interaction that they need has just been lost. So, however, you know, the celebration like I'm talking about here is 
um, very visible because they have food for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Kindness and generosity. Um, yes, and they're creating these centers of nourishment. I'm going to call it that, centers of nourishment for everyone around them, right? And so for us to take note of that is so important to honor them and to to bring our own earth to comfort them in our knowing that they are there for us and that we appreciate it and that um, we can help them um, find places, whether it's to bring in a designer um, like Amanda in our, you know, in, our, in our membership group or you with your architectural um, expertise to build in places for the earth person so they can have extra food so that their pantry is, you know, maybe twice the size of mine, right? So um, your expertise and Amanda's expertise, and those designers out there who have that expertise, we want to create that kind of a team for these folks because it's they're going to continue this, and we can help them so that it doesn't become a burden to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but to honor them is so important and to give them the space they need to have those things available. And um, I think that's our job with our Earth folks. Because mm. that, in a sense, when you when you say when they have a team to kind of accommodate their ability to help other people, there they also have people that are helping them, and right? So that so their um, their helpfulness becomes appreciated and and more able to help others without becoming yeah. well. And then the manipulation part's a whole different thing, but <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it, it can become so much that other people start to stay away from them. The mm-hmm. advice can be too much. The giving too many umbrellas is too much. You know, the always <laughs> wanting to feed your guest is too much, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and so they push other people away in that way when it gets really out of balance. And we lose that sense of comfort that is so natural to them. Um, we lose it. And, and that's sad because we need them. Mm-hmm. We all mm-hmm. need them. Um, and one of the, the um, I think one of the important things to do, maybe just a hint, is to begin with um, that person's room and make sure they have a room of their own and that they take care of themselves by giving themselves a room of their own. So if there's an extra room in the house that's just full of junk, that may become the room where they meditate or where they can honor their 15 minutes a day when they're not taking care of other people where they can find some comfort of their own. I think it's important. I think it's a good clue for those earth folks to find that place for them, whether it's inside, outside, um, but a room of their own becomes very important, I think, to this person. Uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great place to start. And and I think one of the cures that we have is our U-Bowl cure, um, is to get that U-Bowl that speaks to the uh, accommodating nature um, of being able to accept everything gracefully and yet not giving oneself away. I mean, so this U-bowl is a flat, round bowl that's, you know, very shallow, and the edges roll up around the top, and you can fill it full of water, and it's never going to fall over. It's never going to tip over. It's never going to tip into that place of manipulation. It's going to be accommodating and graceful, and we're going to benefit from that, uh, having someone having that U-bowl so that they can get a sense that they can both be helpful and take care of themselves at the same time uh, yes. without tipping over. That's so. a good, that's a very good cure. <laughs> I've done it a few times. I could probably use, I could probably do it again. Yeah, it, it's, um, 
one of the most effective that I have ever found for this imbalance in Earth. Um, and I, I guess I just want to reiterate here after we've talked about the five elements is that um, we have to take this really open-minded look at clutter, messiness, and carefully consider first how we might celebrate it mm-hmm. and reach to its core before it becomes a disruption. Because if we can work with people with their elements before it gets to that place, uh, we can sort of avoid some of this clutter that causes a problem and disrupts people's lives. Yes, oh. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think um, that's one of... <laughs> I just think it's one of the reasons Professor um, taught us about the elements from the very beginning so that we could address these things uh, immediately, to see them and come with that knowledge and that instinct that we can help uh, before the effects are seen. Mm -hmm. It's a really great way to um, get an objective, actually to get an objective view of how to approach things rather than doing it just the way that you're used to or the first thing that comes into your mind, you can look at it from a more, um, from this perspective and come up with some innovative ideas of, of the approach. Yeah. And I, he gave us an overall cure that, um, I think you'll have a link to, but I just wanted to remind, um, folks of a really simple cure that professor called clearing the clutter of your mind and it's actually a secret within a secret. Um, and you, you're going to do this every night before you go to bed because you can clear the mind of the clutter of worry and anxiety or hopelessness or whatever it is, any issue of the day. And you'll be able to face the next day um, more easily and handle any difficulties that come up. And, and that's every night before you go to bed, right before you go to bed, or even when you've just put your head on your pillow. You can think about things... Um, that you've set aside in the midst of your busy schedule, you can think about an adventure that you might want to take. You can think about a funny movie that you've loved or a poem that you cherish. Um, or you can write the first line of your novel or dream up a, front, a fun trip with um, your grandchild, perhaps. You want to think of things that you have not thought of before and have fun. And you can let your, your curiosity and your imagination just roam the world. And that is cure um, simple and easy that you can do every single day to begin the process of releasing the clutter in a more natural way. I love that because it's really creating space in your mind, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, um, for the and list- that carries over. Oh, I'm sorry, Angie. No, go ahead. And that carries over to the, your space at, at home, right? You mean yes. you said it very clearly. Exactly, because space is not just physical. Um, so for the listeners, we'll have a link on the website at holisticspaces.com slash podcast to this um, cure. It'll link, we'll, have a, we'll have a link to all of Catherine's information, but specifically this cure that she's sharing with us in a written form so you can read the instructions and practice it. And Catherine, thank you so much for being so generous with your knowledge and your time and sharing with us um, this uh, this other perspective on on clutter rather than the one the general one that everyone has. Yeah, and uh, Angie, thank you for making this possible. And I think what both of us 
come to this with is a great deal of kindness and compassion. I want to thank you for, for seeing that and bringing it forth in your own work every day. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.